Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shoftim. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Shoftim contains 41 mitzvot. There are 14 positive and 27 restrictions in this parsha. I'd like to focus this morning on the institution of kingship as found in this week's parsha. Interestingly, five of the mitzvot of the parsha are related to the king. Number one, the mitzvah to appoint a king. Secondly, that, oh, excuse me, there are six, that the king should not be from neither nor outside of the Jewish people, nor even a convert. Third, he's not to have too many horses, except what he needs for the army. Fourth, that he is not to have too many wives, as the Torah says, that they should not turn his heart away from Hashem. Five, he's not to have and accumulate too much money gold and silver. What he needs for his uh, maintaining of the government, that's understandably permissible, but not for his own personal wealth and aggrandizement. And finally, every Jew has a mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah. The king has a responsibility to write not only one, but a second Sefer Torah. And that Sefer Torah literally, for Hoya Imo, is to be with him all the time. And the purpose of this is that he should literally, as the Torah says, Leman Yilmad Liyura Es Hashem that he is to fear God. The Shmor is called Divreha Torah Zos, that he is literally to observe all the laws of this Torah and the chukim, the statues, la'asosam, to do this. And the Torah goes on, the vilti rum levavo me'achav, so that literally he does, his heart does not become haughty over his brethren, an exceedingly tall order that the Torah places upon the king of Israel. Now, in general, you should understand that kingship is to remind us that as there is a king here, so too there is the Melech Malchi Hamlachim HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Gemara, the Lashon is found in the Gemara on Nun Ches Omid Aleph is that Malchusa de Ara, the literally the royalty as found here on earth, is Ke'en Malchusa de Rakia, is a reflection of the royalty of on high. And so it's appropriate to talk about this mitzvah now for the following reason. We don't yet have kingship in Israel. However, tonight, tomorrow, we have to wash Shabbos and in the third blessing of Birkas HaMazon, Al-Malchus Beistovin Mishichecha, we pray for the restoration of kingship in Israel because kingship is a very important 
part of our peoplehood. If I had to get to it immediately, the very nature of kingship for us has to be, as we find in the second Perek of Pirkei Avos, Rabbi Gamliel, the author of the second Mishnah, he is the author of the third and the fourth Mishnah as well. So in the fourth Mishnah, in the second Perek, what does he say? Make literally his will your will. God's will should become yours. So that he will make your will as if it were his. And the second part is clearly what we're looking for in terms of a definition of royalty, kingship. Batel Ritzon literally nullify, subjugate your personal will before his will. You want to do it, you don't want to do it, you do it because this is what he wants. Literally to negate your desire for that of his. And not only because as the Mishnah continues, the second part of that Mishnah, so that he will nullify the will of others before your will. No, because this is what it means to accept upon oneself a king. And this is the essence of uh, kingship, which is that accepting his royalty. And that is obviously important all year long, but the Baal Shem Tov was the one who popularized it. We know that one of the acronyms for the month of Elul is as found in Shira Shirim, chapter 6, verse 3, Anila Dodi Vidodi Li. Literally, the first letter of these four words spells Elul, I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. However, the verse continues, Horo'er Bashoshanim, literally the one who is the shepherd among the flowers, the shepherd in the field. And so, Aniladodi Vidodi Li, in the month of Elul, Horo'er Bashoshanim, says the Baal Shem Tov, it's Melech Basodeh. Unlike the rest of the year, where the king is more removed in his palace, during the month of Elul, he is more accessible, he's out in the fields. And so at a time when he, the king of Israel, Hashem, is more accessible to us, it is really worthwhile for us to look a little bit into this mitzvah and aspect of kingship. Kingship is understood clearly on two levels. There is the broader understanding of kingship, whereby the Shlomo HaMelech writes in his book of Proverbs, in chapter 21, verse 1, Leiv Melech Biyad Hashem, that the heart of the king is in the hands of God, namely that as the Rambam writes in his first 
of the 13 principles of faith. Ani mamin shlema. I believe with complete and perfect faith. Shaboriz Barak Shemo, that the Creator, blessed is His name, who borei umanhig, He creates and manhig guides all creatures. He guides all creatures and He also guides the kings, the kings, the presidents, and so therefore many of their ideas and, and initiatives, one shouldn't think, well, it's all his own. No, he is a significant pawn in literally the game that God is progressing in and in bringing about the destiny of mankind. So that's one level of Malchus. And for this level of Malchus, we should understand. The Gemara says in Brachos Nun Ches that there's a bracha that one recites when one sees a king. The difference between a Jewish king or a king of the uh, rest of the nations of the world. If he sees Malchei Yisrael, a Jewish king, the blessing is Baruch Shecholak Mikvodoli Reyav. Literally, blessed is the one who cholak, apportioned of his glory to those who fear him. Chelek, part of literally God's glory itself is going to one of those that fear him, his king. If you see a non-Jewish king, it's a slightly different text, and that is Shenosan, instead of Shecholak, but rather he gave. There's a separation. There is not that closer connection between God and that individual. Now, that's on a more global level. And then there is between each and every individual, as we mentioned, number one, that we are to view kingship as a kind of reflection of subjugating our will to that of the will of Hashem. And we are to recognize that the king played a very significant role within society. Watch. In this week's parasha of Shoftim, you have twice that Alpishnayamadim, you need two witnesses, be it in a case of capital uh, offense or in even a monetary case. You need two witnesses. True, in a monetary case, one witness can cause the individual to take an oath. But in terms of exacting payment, I need two witnesses. So, in a situation whereby I only have one witness, ay ay ay, I cannot act. I'd like you to bring to the table tonight, I go to Parshas Mishpati, in chapter, in the second book of the Torah, chapter 23, verse 7. And there, the second half of the verse, very challenging. V'nokivet sadik al literally, a person who is noki, who is innocent, 
and tzaddik, righteous, alta rogue, don't kill him. Why? Kiloat stick Russia, for I shall not exonerate the wicked. What is going on here? So if you look carefully in the Rashi, Rashi says that it refers to the following situation. I have a court whereby they found the person to be guilty, a court of 23 judges. They're taking him out to be killed. Someone says, I have new information to show that he's innocent. We bring him back ex endless number of times. The opposite, however, if he's found to be innocent and in the court adjourned, and then someone says, I have information to show that he's guilty, we don't bring him back. Oy, 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 how could that be? So Rashi says, God says, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And similarly, the Drush Haran teaches that if we only had one witness, but the king was convinced as to the authenticity of that one witness, Asheholak, like the Bracha says, God gave over to the king literally a chilek from him of his glory, that the king has this capacity to even execute based upon one witness. A very, very powerful idea, but one that we be, need to be reminded that we are in the month of Elul. And at this time of Melech Basada, the king is available to us. We are to remind ourselves that just as in the past, when they coronated the king, they blew the shofar, and they said, Yechi HaMelech, so too on Rosh Hashanah. We blow the shofar. And one of the reasons that we're blowing the shofar is because we too are proclaiming Yechi HaMelech. We have him close by during the month of Elul. We blow the shofar every morning to remind us that this ultimate coronation is coming. Let us use these days of preparation to remind ourselves that what it means to be a true subject of the truth king is to negate our desire and to understand how privileged we are to accept his desire thereby elevating our position as subjects of the true king, which will please God, help bring about the kingship down here as well. Shabbat Shalom to all.